Hey, it's Richard. And Steve is here too. <sighs> we are sick again. Terrible. <laughs> if you ever think about having a kid, really think about what it's going to do to your health. <laughs> not only your sleep. <laughs> it's not often. We don't get sick often, but. No, this is, this is, I mean, yeah, it's only the second time, but this one has hit us all. All three of us at the same time. Yeah. That Luckily, it's, for me, it's not as bad as it was the first time where I felt like I was going to die. Now it's just a little sore throat and just a little run down, but. Yep, that's how I feel. Yeah. And, well, a really run down. Yeah, but, you, yeah. And a little, I was worried I had a little bit of a fever today, and. So, and yeah. Kennedy is laying in bed right now, coughing, and probably not going to get very good sleep yeah. tonight. Be phlegm city tonight, everybody. <laughs> ah, welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> uh, she, 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 she still hasn't been a guest yet, so we'll have to. Bring her on to make some noise. Mm, boy, good luck with that. We'll do it. I'm not All worried right. about it. All right. Um, so before we, we get started on our fuck of the week, we're taping this on September 11th. And last week, um, we'd mentioned, or our last episode, we'd mentioned uh, if you wanted to share a memory or something um, or a moment from that day to please send us a message. And one of them I do want to read that we got from our friend, um, I didn't ask if it would be okay to say this person's name, so I'll keep it a secret. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Way to back that train up. (laughs) Um, But here's what they wrote. I lost my uncle that day. 18 years later, here I am, 31 years old, the same age he was when he died. It makes it even more eye-opening to that fact that such a young life with a bright future was taken too soon. And uh, they say, remember so-and-so today and always. Uh... And there was a couple other tweets and stuff I saw throughout the day from, from other people who, who knew people. There was one, actually, that I caught this morning from a woman who lives here in Iowa who happened to be in Jersey and Manhattan that day, was on the boat, was on a, was on a boat ferry to head into Manhattan. The, the first plane had already hit, and she saw the second one hit, hit from the boat. And, like, just such, such these, like, small moments. Um, and so it has been 18 years, and... Um, you know, just thinking, thinking through that, that's, you know, half our, you know, half our life ago at this point. Yeah. I feel like, the the one that you read out loud from our friend, um, I love the perspective in there because she mentioned that she's now the same age as he was when he died. Yeah. And I think that just speaks to how real this still is very much. I think for those of us who are on our Instagram account. Um, obviously, you saw, you likely saw our post today as well, and it's still very real for us. I think for even though we weren't there during 9-11, um, we lived in New York for several years, and it, the city just changes on this day every year. Yeah. There's a different feeling about it, and it is still very raw and very real, and it's, you know, we're coming up on 20 years. You know, it's, yeah. it's still... Um, so when I when I saw her message today, I was like, "Ooh, that that hit me in the gut." Yeah, because I mean, it drew tears to my eyes. So you so. you told me to look at, at Demi Lovato's uh, Instagram, so I did, and I, I reshared it on the podcast account, uh, the Gen to Gen podcast account. Sorry, um, I'm going to read this one too. It's from uh, Brian Sweeney, who was a passenger on United Airlines Flight 175, and a phone message to his wife Julia. Here's what he says. 
Hey, Jules, this is Brian. Uh, listen, I'm on a plane that has been hijacked. If things don't go well and they're not looking good, I want you to know that I absolutely love you. I want you to do good, have good times. Same with my parents. I'll see you when you get here. I want you to know that I totally love you. Bye, babe. Hope I will call you. What got me there was the, I will see you when you get here. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, Demi Lovato, if you're listening, (laughs) um, for making us cry during the day today. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm going to use that as my fuck of the week. It's it's hard to think back. So doing the podcast, the Gen to Gen season one was all about September 11th and talked to five different people. And it really brought back memories for me um, and things that I just kind of forgotten that I'd even experienced that day and I, I and I, I ended episode five which comes out also today um, that I remember that night after, I think it was after the president had spoken and it was just everyone had kind of gone to bed and I was out on our back patio and I looked up at the sky and usually you could see like the 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 exhaust from planes flying over at 30,000 feet or whatever and you, there was none obviously and it was just that just sits with me that had how quiet our world had become mm-hmm. in all the chaos. Yep. There was um, another post today that talked about like the numbers, the exact number of people and what their, like their job was. Oh yeah. Um, it was like this huge list and I, I don't remember where I saw it. Um, but it was like, aside from the firefighters and the police officers and the first responders and things like that, which not discrediting them whatsoever, Um, but it really kind of put into perspective a lot of like, um, you know, um, stay at home moms. There was like 61 and, you know, like they, they put all of these different like job associations to actual people. And it started to like, I mean, you and I both been to the memorial and we've seen their names in etched in all of that stone and the waterfalls and a lot of that. Um, and I mean, that was still, that was definitely impactful, but this was like giving character to those names almost. And yeah. I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. So that's not my fuck of the week. Mine's not this depressing. Okay. It's more pissy. I'll let you do it then. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it'll spark a new one for me. <laughs> um, for those of you who follow my personal Instagram account, you know that I have bitched about this before. Oh God. Um, Sensor, right, sensor button ready, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not bitched about it on this podcast, okay. but I have done it on my Instagram account um, very publicly because it drives me crazy. And I know it drives you crazy, too, so we're in a All safe right. zone here. <laughs> um, I got a letter in, in the mail oh, the other day. and um, Oh, I, yes. I'm not a big... I'm not a big, um, you can ask Richard, I, I have my opinions, but I'm also not like this massive advocate or, advo- um, not advocate, activist. Yeah. That's activist. the word I'm, activist who's going to go like, you know, throw blood on white fur and, <laughs> you know, like that's just, I'm not that person. Why waste the blood? <laughs> um, and so I typically don't come out too harshly. Um, even on social media for some, for some things, but um, this one really got to me. Um, it's been months, obviously, having a baby girl of our own. Uh, well, we would go to the grocery store. Um, hi V, if you're listening, uh, this one's for you too, my friend. Um, <clears throat> there are some signs inside of our grocery stores that says, um, 
new or expecting mothers. And it's a parking spot, particularly um, reserved for moms who are new to being a mom or who are pregnant. And um, if you are a gay couple um, or you are a man with a brand new baby, um, that doesn't necessarily apply to you. And you um, don't necessarily have those same um, perks given to you. <laughs> well, this letter I got in the mail is, um, and I apologize for all this, is going to be a little bit of a repeat for those who follow me on Instagram, but it's from Similac. And um, much like most formulas, every, every, all of them have some sort of reward program. And <clears throat> their reward program is called Strong Moms. Sure is. And I want to fuck someone up. Every time I get an ad on social or I get a fucking letter because A, moms are not the only parent in a relationship. Sometimes, like in the case of ours, mom is not the is not a parent at all. And more so, dads are just as strong or have to be just as strong, especially if they're single dads or LGBT gay dads, as a mom is. We deal with everything that... A, you know, a mom would have to minus the healing of childbirth yep. and breastfeeding and probably the emotional, like internal changes and things. But when it comes to what the child is doing and all of the patience and the, the feeding and the midnight cries and the diaper rashes all over their ass and we're all three are sick, uh, it is all shit that we deal with too. Mm-hmm. And I am so tired of men not also having um, the same representation for parenthood as women do. Are women strong and wonderful and beautiful? Yes. I will never deny that. I love my mom. I don't know how she did it when I look at us raising Kennedy. However, I also know a lot of single dads. And or I don't know how they do dads it. who are just fucking amazing dads who are always there for their kids and are doing just as much as the as moms are. And yeah, I don't disagree with you. So I we I have boycotted Similac and their products. Um, I will not. I can't support them. I won't support them. Um, if I see it's a Similac or made by Similac and it's a different brand name, I'm out. Like I don't. I don't want it. So with that with that parking space, I will say. So when Steve went back to work, I was still at home for a couple of weeks and we would, Kennedy and I would go run errands and stuff and get groceries or just need to get out of the damn house. Um, and so if we were going to Hy-Vee, our local grocery store where it had that noon expectant mom's parking space, I would park there. I wasn't going to let a sign tell me that just because I'm not a female, but I have a three month old, I'm parking there because I'm, I'm no different. So, yeah. So I agree with you. my fuck of the week is fuck you, Similac. <laughs> I can't top that. No. <laughs> Strong language, my friends. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that, that tells you how pissed off it makes me. Yeah. And I, I'm not that way. You You're can usually attest. Not. I'm, not, usually I'm not. usually not in super crazy, yeah. outwardly person like that. So, Okay, well, we're going to change the uh, topic when we come back. We have, uh, I think, a fun, fun topic for you. Um, we're going to talk about travel, and we're going to start with New York City when we get back. So 
So we were thinking about what we could talk about this week and what what a good topic would be. And we were obviously before we started rolling, we were talking about you know September 11th, and we were, we were like, oh, uh, you know, it's in New York, and a lot of our our fans and and listeners are from all around the world. And we, Steve and I, both had traveled to New York before we before we met, before we both lived there, um, and thought it might be fun to talk about travel. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, we'll start with that. I I have some questions I want to ask the audience, but yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, my first experience to New York city was, I would have been like 23, probably 22, 23. Um, and I went for work and it was during the U S open, the tennis tournament that just got done. Um, I'll never forget going that first time. Like it really felt kind of surreal to be there because like you'd see New York your whole life the biggest surreal moment for me was riding the 7 train from Grand Central Station to 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 um Square? To, to the, no, to the tennis center. Oh. Um, so you, you, know, you go underground and then you go under the river and you come up above ground and you're just watching it. And it's just it's just like if like like TV shows portray that experience. You know, riding the train above above Queens. So that was probably the thing that like I I remember that experience the most from that first trip. What? I mean, I know why you moved there. I yeah, but. <laughs> Obviously, you must have liked it enough to want to move there. I was intrigued by it. You know, New York City is a very interesting place. And anytime people ask me, uh, I lived there for four years in, a, in, in one block of time. Um, and I tell people two things. I loved it and I hated it. And, and they're not mutually exclusive. I loved it for certain reasons and I hated it for certain reasons. Um, like many big big cities there new york is just there, there's always something to do and so uh there's immense career opportunities there no matter what field you're in whether you're an actor or in finance or in the nonprofit space in uh marketing advertising housing publishing how i mean every industry is there let's be real uh, so there's plenty of opportunity um, the, 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 the diversity of people is incredible. And, and those weren't things that like, I think the biggest thing was obviously I moved there for a relationship, not Steve. Um, boo, boo. <laughs> um, but, but the, but the, I think the other thing that, that I moved was just the, the potential career wise that could happen there. So hmm. I didn't know that. Why else would I move? I wouldn't have just moved like if you were love struck. I was love struck, but I wouldn't have just done it without having some semblance of I'm okay with living in this place. Yeah, that's why I was asking. Usually, you're pretty rational, so we're not going to go there on this. Love struck. A different love struck. I think we have to have a whole episode dedicated to that person you were dating. Oh God. Oh, y'all are going to want to tune in for that one. For that one, better jot that down so we don't forget. (laughs) Um. For me, I actually visited um, a friend that I had met online. Uh, oh. oh, it was, I think it started out as like a romantic thing and never, it just, the more we talked on like Skype or whatever, we just knew it was not, it just, no, this wasn't going to happen. Uh, <laughs> he likes to do that a lot to people. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> it was mutually understood. Um <laughs> However, we had a really good friendship out of it, and he had like um, some 
free Southwest, I think, miles or something that were going to expire. And he was like, do you want to come hang out for a while? I was like, I don't know what your work, whatever it looks like. And so I ended up going. I was there for, I think, 10 days. That was my first trip. And um, I was in comp- he had to work some days. So some days I was literally roaming the city by myself, which for my personality, that's amazing. But I think for most people, they're like, oh, my God, I could never do that. Um, cause New York is huge. It's a tiny little Island, but it is really easy to get lost. If you are brand new, you've never been there before and you don't know what you're doing. And you don't have a cell phone. <laughs> I did have a cell but phone. Did you have a cell phone with a map on it and everything? No. Yeah, exactly. You can't use your cell phone really to help you at, at that point. No, I think I had an iPod. So if you can catch Wi-Fi, you could get... Yes. Well, yeah. it had an app that had like the subway map on it. That's right. Which and you it had use, the streets yep, and it could open I, up. I remember that. Yeah. So I used that. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, even living there, I was still using that. Like, which subway do I, do I want to get on to get to where I need to go? Um, and I remember, I think, the the time that I knew... Well, there's probably two times I knew that I really want. I loved it. And for those of you who know Richard and I... New York is probably more so my place than it is Richard's place. Uh, Richard loved it, as he just said, and he hated it in some areas. I love New York City. I could probably live there for the rest of my life. Um, but what the two is, I got lost down in Soho, and I went down there to shop, and I went to Uniqlo and you know um, Zara Man and all these different places, and I was like, okay, I should, I know where I'm going. Like, it, the sun's over here, so that should be the West, and. <laughs> I was so lost because those buildings are tall enough that you're like, you can't see the fucking sun. Um, luckily, I was able, like, I was, I didn't get anywhere crazy. Like, I didn't go to Harlem or anything. That would have um, been a journey from Soho. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's, it's possible. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I eventually just wandered around enough and I just, it got late. It was like, it got to be like 8 p.m. and I was like, finally starting to get my bearings. I could finally see the Empire State Building. And I was like, okay, I know where that is. Um, let's walk that direction. That's close to, you know, Times Square. And I felt a little more comfortable about where I was. Um, and then so the rest of that walk to the, to, to the Empire State Building, I was like, I started to really like soak it in and be like, I have a little satchel on. I'm like, <laughs> I look like, I feel like I'm well-dressed. I feel like I fit in here. I walk fast like everybody else. And I felt like I started to really fit in. Um, and I just, I just loved the pace and I loved the people and they're in there. Like I'm a pretty independent person. I don't um, let a lot of people in too quickly. And uh, it was, everyone is kind of in their own little world and they don't let you into their world that easily. So I felt like I was in more like-minded people uh, there's flowers on every corner and there's a Starbucks that I could, you know, like it was just everything was right in line with where I was in my life at that point. And then a few nights later we went to, um, what would end up being my apartment, my first apartment in New York over on in the, uh, house kitchen area. And we went to like a little party on the rooftop and I, I will, we can pull the picture. I have one to share, um, that where I'm sitting and you can see the city in the background and I was so like awestruck by the beauty of this city the couple nights later that I was like this is this is where I'm meant to be I I just this is where I'm meant to be and then eventually I had met the friend who um, moved out of that apartment and I lived there for a while and um yeah I miss that city so much. So that reminded me that was not my first trip to New York City. I was wrong. He's a liar, y'all. I forgot. So my family took a trip to Jersey when I was 16. Oh, yeah. 
uh, and we took the we, we went to the Jersey side and took the boat to um, Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty as a family. And then it was like lunchtime or something, and we convinced my father to take the taxi, the, a water taxi, from Jersey to Manhattan, um, which was a big feat to get my dad to go into Manhattan, um, this white, uber white family from Iowa. So we, we landed and we walked around lower Manhattan, and we walked in the shadows of the World Trade Center. Um, and so I do remember that, that that was my first, my first actual trip into the, the real, the, the original the real, World Trade Center, the original right? one, right. Yeah. Um, which were gone eight years after that or something like that. And so, um, the, the one of the, another story I'll tell of a thing that I loved about New York. Again, this is probably any really big, big city. Um, this was before you, Steve came to live in New York with me. Um, I, it was, I was single at the time and a coworker or a former coworker, um, invited me out for New Year's Eve and it was a bunch of us were going, we were all stopping in his apartment in the Upper East Side. So we did that. We had some drinks there and then it's like, Oh, I know this guy down in the financial district who's got a, you know, uh, uh, an apartment with a deck and let's just go down there. So we catch this bus and we like, I think we piled into a taxi. I don't really remember, but it's one of those things where it's just completely random you're in this guy's house and it was packed full of people like beyond fire code okay mm-hmm. <laughs> um i didn't know who they were they didn't know who i was and they didn't care no Just they wanted up. to have a good time yeah and and we did. you're welcome yes and that that's the part that i don't think people always see there's a perception of new york that new yorkers are assholes and they, they are, are they are not <laughs> they are not do not listen to him people <laughs> It is, like I just said, they they appear to be assholes because they are in their world. Like, you, they walk around, they don't pay attention to where they're walking because they're looking at their phone and they have their headphones in. Like, that is... But when you open, when you talk to them, when you talk to a real New Yorker, not this fucking trans pants been there for five months, <laughs> they're wonderfully sweet people and they're very... Invi- Oops, sorry. Um, they're wonderfully inviting and that's a very typical New York experience. Of, so, so can we talk about a New York experience of yours? Uh-oh. Yeah. Which? <laughs> Your last day of work before we moved out here? Second to last day of work. But you mean before I started the U.S. Open? Yeah, you're you're the job that you quit before you moved before okay. you moved here. This is again a New York experience. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm grateful I had my uh, then boyfriend. boyfriend. Oh, no, fiance by then. We were fiancés. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fiance at that point because Lord knows I needed him. Um, <clears throat> I was working for a wonderful company um, that I still love and use their products, Drivectin. It's a beauty brand, wrinkle cream product, and. Um, we, I had a lot of r- amazing, wonderful relationships in that job. Just, I still am friends with people from that job and I love it. Um, again, testament to real New Yorkers and how nice and wonderful and open they are. Um, the, we had, I'd only been there for probably 10 or 11 months. It wasn't quite a year. But we had such a good bond, the office wanted to take me out for drinks for my last... Well, technically, it was the second to last day. It was not my last day of work. Uh, It was the day before my last day. And we went to a speakeasy bar, rooftop bar, that um, (coughs) had, like, all the drinks were made, um, like, from 
with like the from the 1920s and 1930s prohibition standards. So they're super, super, super strong. Um, they were amazing. You uh, you loved every drink every drink that you took. Um, but I made such a good relationships that they all wanted to buy me a drink at there at the at the bar. So they ha- I started with like this vodka based lemonade stuff, and it. It tasted seriously just like I was, and it was hot outside. It was super hot. It was August. Yeah, um, and so I was like, "Yes, give me all of all of the lemonade, please, because I am <laughs> so hot." Um, and they came in like these little deceiving little glasses that look like little Coke bottles, tiny Coke bottles, and they just kept coming in front of me. I probably had seven or eight of those. I have no idea. I, I was like, I don't remember so either. I don't, I don't, I don't know how many actually. Um, and then the CEO came and then like the VP came and you cannot not take the CEO's drink. Like that's just rude. And the CEO, um, Jewy, if you're listening, uh, she was so awesome. She bought, she came and stayed for a while. She got me, she actually bought me two drinks. The VP came in. She didn't come, excuse me, but she sent her money to buy me a drink with someone else. That's right. Um, and then my, my friend Melissa was there and they, she bought, I mean, I was so wasted. It is, and it is the most wasted I've ever been in my entire life. For the record, Steve rarely drinks. I did more back then. One more, more back then for sure. Uh, I, I think the reason I don't drink a lot now is because of that oh, evening. Shit. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to call it bullshit, but I think it's true. Um, and so I was so drunk that I remember, I don't remember getting up, leaving the bar. Oh, God. I remember walking on the street okay. toward the subway with you and like people would pass and I would start talking to them. Keep in mind, these are the New Yorkers who live in their own little world, right? I would talk to them and like, or try to talk to them and, I was like stumbling all over the place and Richard's trying to correct me. He, so <laughs> he was very past sober, couldn't walk in a straight line. And I was holding his arm to just keep him from like walking into the middle of the road. Like he was, I knew it was going to be rough. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I was a bit sloppy. And it, so also part of the story, uh, we left that bar and the sun was still up. Was it? Yeah. See, I don't remember leaving the bar, yeah. so we're good. Uh, we, I know we definitely got, to, well, we obviously got to the um, the subway. And I remember sitting on the subway, and they stop. Oh, we probably had, like, 20 stops between where we were and we're home. Yeah. And every time, like, you jolt back and forth, and there's big clunks. And I started to feel really queasy. And I Travel was like, tip, if you do go to New York and you do go drinking, factor that into how much you drink and how long your subway ride is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I was like, Richard, I think I'm going to throw up. And I, I have, up until that point, I have never drank to the point that I threw up, ever. That was the one time in oh, my shit. entire life. And so we got to the second to last stop, and I was like, Richard, I'm going to fucking throw so, up. So keep in mind, this is, it's probably eight thirty nine o'clock by that point, and so there's still people on the train, and like, they know what's happening. And I'm like, if you throw up on this train, and I've got to deal with it, and these people, I'm going <laughs> to kick your ass. Like, I was, I did not want to be that guy. <laughs> 
luckily we got to our stop. I got off the train and immediately threw up in the trash can on the on on the platform on the raised platform. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one too. I remember that. But after the throw up, that's when I blacked out. Yeah, you don't remember. I walked him home for two blocks to our apartment. Got him into the bed, and I think just took your shoes off, and I was like, "You're just gonna stay there." Uh, keep in mind, I had to go to work the next morning. And he did. He made it. I did. I made it on time, and I was. He was miserable. I actually think I was still. You're probably still pretty drunk. Yeah. I think I was still drunk. Yeah. Um, by the time noon hit, it kind of everything kind of wore off, and I had the worst stomach ache from all the <laughs> sugary drinks. I had the worst headache, obviously, from all the alcohol. I wanted to sleep, um, Melissa. My great friend brought bought me a greasy, greasy. like um, grilled hamburger thing and fries from a truck out front. Thank God for her, and thank <laughs> God for that burger. It actually made it bearable to get through the rest of that day. Um, but the, that's the, I mean that's a good thing about New York, though, is you can go have drinks and not have to worry about getting home. That, that is one thing I do miss. Because yeah. we could have as much as we want and not yep. worry about it, and we, we know that the train's going to get us where we need to go. Yeah, if you um, get on the right train. Great. <laughs> which we never did. Like That was never so. a thing for us. So. so we wanted to talk about New York because we've been talking about what we want to do for vacation next year. Um, we have a bunch of options on the table, and we just thought it'd be fun to reminisce about the city a little bit. Yeah, New York is definitely on the list of next year. Some places that we thought about stopping. Obviously, we live there, so everyone's like, that's not a vacation. Why would you go back to somewhere you lived? But um, I miss the food. I miss the food. I miss our people. I miss our friends. Yeah. Um, I miss some of like our neighborhood and just some of the yeah. even free things like the Highline High Park and any, like the, any of the parks there. The piers and stuff are all fun, just wonderful. So, yeah. um, obviously, some of that touristy stuff, which you only need to see once, would be nice to see again. Times Square is a nut house, but it's beautiful at night. That's the only thing I, I don't think I need to go back to that one. I can skip that one and be happy. Um, Rockefeller Center is where we got engaged. Obviously, we, we need there. to go back there. Yeah. Um, so that's an option. I was, you know, but I'm, I also really want to do foreign travel. Foreign travel is probably where my heart is the most. Um, and so we have ideas that we are curious if you guys have ever been to. Um, I should put my list of places. One thing, one thing that we have uh, talked about in the past, and probably in the past year, is um, Egypt. And <clears throat> we saw that we saw like a deal online for Egypt, um, and we're thinking. My rationale was, you know what? I feel like that's hot, and it's a lot of walking, and. Um, I feel like that would be a lot of strain on an older body. So maybe we need to do that before we get too old, um, you know, pre-retirement. And uh, so that was one option we were considering. Richard really wants to do Scotland. Scotland, Ireland. And Ireland, yeah. UK, I could do all, all three of those things, same trip. Yep. Um, we would love to go to Reykjavik. And I, um, oh, uh, just spend a week on Iceland. Iceland, Yeah. Um, obviously, we love Austria and Germany. We've been there already, um, <clears throat> but we've definitely talked about going back, especially for Oktoberfest with a couple friends. Um, but I think we're open to a lot. I think a dream of my, dream of mine is Bali, which is a huge, huge ass trip um, and a lot of a lot of work. But um, we're kind of we're kind of curious if you guys have ever been to any of those places. And or do you live there? Do you live there, and we can come stay? <laughs> Uh, we may need you. Um, 
but I mean, I've done I've done Asia, a lot of Asia, with the, with the exception of Bali. Um, some places we're probably not going to say mm, no to right now, and that's probably Russia's one of them. Yep. Um, Middle East is probably one of them. Which is a place I would love, love to go. Oh, yeah. It's just not safe right now. It is not. The thing is, like, I don't know, like, if we did that, it'd probably be a, a, a guided trip of some kind where we go, we can go to Israel, we can go to Jordan and yeah. experience, experience and see those things. Because that can be worked into the Israel or the, the, I don't know what he's trying to say. He's the trying pyramids to, trip. Oh, Egypt trip. Yeah, Egypt, yeah, yeah. It, could, it definitely could. Like, so Steve grew up. We both grew up in the church. He's he he more so than me. But we still we both have a a deep connection and appreciation for that part of the world for that very reason. There's just so much history there, and I mean, we would love Sri Lanka. Yeah, I'd, that would be a big one for us. Like yeah. India, also I think would be a lot really fun. Yeah. Um. So we're really curious as to where you guys like. What is your favorite place and if we have if we have just mentioned one of your favorite places, what do we need to do if we go there? Um, we are not really big into touristy things. We'll do them just to say we've done them. Yeah, it depends what it is. But obviously. I don't think we're necessarily going to be like, yes, let's, you know. We need to go do X, Y, Z, like all of these, like, yeah. Right. I would rather have, you know. I think the biggest, the two biggest touristy things we did on our honeymoon was obviously Oktoberfest, which I don't know if that's really touristy. It's just you know, it is. a big thing. Um, and then we went to a concentration camp. Well, and Venice. I don't find that touristy, though, but maybe it is. Every tourist in the world goes there. <laughs> it's touristy. Okay, so three things that we did. Yeah. Everything else was off the beaten path. Typically, we'll do, like, we, we enjoy, like, checking out local grocery stores and trying, you know, eating some of that more localized food. Um, talking to locals about the restaurants. Some of the best restaurants we've ever eaten foreign have been from a local who's res- who is recommended. I think those are the only best places we've eaten. I mean, let's. I guess yeah. you did find one in that last city we were in in Germany that in Stuttgart that was super good. But even then, I went off of local reviews. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's the locals that yeah. drive our restaurant choices. So but. speaking of that, I want to tell a quick story about one of those experiences. Um, how we found one of our favorite local places in Innsbruck, Austria. Um, we just landed in Munich on our honeymoon, got to the hotel, and I w- I'd never been overseas at that point, so I was just, hey, I'm just excited we made it alive and like hadn't huh. hadn't you know gotten arrested already or something. And um, so we're in the hotel lobby, and I'm trying to call an Uber, and I'm struggling to make that work, and trying to figure out the bus system to get to Oktoberfest, and can't figure it out, and everything's in German. I don't speak German. Um, and so we're just kind of out in the lobby or out in the kind of the hotel um, uh, waiting area. And these two guys are clearly dressed to be going to Oktoberfest. Yeah. So they Later said hi. in the whole nine yeah. yards. So I think they said hi. And I said hi. And we started talking. And, and one of the guys was an expat from Arizona who just worked. Had a, his job was in Switzerland. They had trained in for the day. His buddy is from Germany, I think. Or, or from Austria. No, he's from Austria. He was from Innsbruck. That's right. So he's like, why don't you just share our Uber with us? Okay, great. So we're riding in the Uber and, and uh, talking to these to these guys that we just met. Henry and somebody. Mm-hmm. I had to look at my notes. But, yeah, super nice guys, um, super random. And we're just talking and telling them about the trip that we're about to have. And this, this, this other guy who's from Innsbruck, Austria, is like, oh, if you guys get the chance, you should go to the Breakfast Club. And when I hear the bre- Breakfast Club, I think this big, like, buffet, things with eggs and sausages and whatever. That is not what it was. So nope. whatever, we made a note of it. And when we got to Innsbruck, we Googled it and found it. The coolest 
smallest little little coffee shop you'd probably call it. Add four booths and a counter. Yeah. Maybe enough for 12 or 15 people to sit there. Yeah. Um, but we, so we, we went there, had a little, uh, espressos or cappuccinos or whatever they were and little like miniature waffles, the cutest damn thing with like a rhubarb topping. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess the lesson in that is talk to, even just talk to the locals and like, just get a, get a flavor of, of, um, the community, the city you're in. Cause you're just going to experience it for, for, for the, for what it actually is. I was looking to see if I could find that guy's yeah, that guy's name, but I found the picture, but I uh, I don't I, it looks like I didn't mention his name. Damn. So, darn it. Those guys were awesome though. And it was just a great way to start our trip. Like it really it yeah. was fun. And like we got we got to to um Oktoberfest and you know, they're paying the paying the Uber guy. And I was like, well, "What do I owe you?" And I think it was like 20 euros or whatever, and so I figured I'd give him 10 euros. And I was like, "Don't worry about it. Have a great trip, guys." Like it was just very much a European Europeans are so much nicer They're than so Americans. They're so much nicer, and I love Americans. that part of it. We're assholes. Yeah. That's why people hate us. Yeah, well. Um, so, yeah, if you guys, I mean, uh, that's that's a really good example of how we kind of travel. That's how we travel. Like, yeah. we, we, if there's really important touristy things we'll want to do, like a concentration camp, things that pique our interest, we'll do them. But if it's if it's something that's like, guys, I had this restaurant last year and it is in the hole in a wall, we want to know yeah. about it. Well, we were driving in Germany later in the trip and we we hadn't had lunch and it was past lunchtime and we were both hungry and we decided to pull into this town that was on the on the road we happened to be on. And the it was weird. Like there was nothing open at, at two in the afternoon. We found this Chinese restaurant. Jesus. <laughs> so we had Chinese in Germany where they only spoke Chinese. And it wasn't very good. It was the uh, probably probably the worst meal we had aside I from. Would agree. What about the Trento hotel food? Trento, no, okay. that's worse Chinese than Trento. Food. Okay. <laughs> no, at least the Trento food was still on the German it was Italian. On the German, yeah. No, it was Italian. Or yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, it was Italian, but it had like a German flair yeah, to it. Yeah. Um, no, that was that was, was terrible. Was and there was like a bakery across the street. I was like, God, even those muffins look better than what we yeah. just ate. But we walked in there, and you didn't want to stay. So it's true. It's because it was I wanted food. We needed food. We needed sustenance there. So, yes, I'm really curious to see where people want us to go. Yeah, um, come on us back and tell us best places you've been, worst places you've been, and we might you know get a conversation going. Or if you have been to New York, what's your favorite place? Yeah. Um, I but, think the thing that I hate the most about New York, um, well, not the most, but the thing that I hate, we had some favorite restaurants that have since closed. Like things open and close so quickly there, yeah. which sucks. Yeah, that there's one that our favorite Hispanic place in general. That one, oh, hurt, so good, it hurts my soul. A it was a bit. hole in the wall. It was in the basement of a building. If you were walking by, didn't know it was there, you would walk right past it. What's the name of it? I can't remember. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, crap. No, that's not the name of it. No, it'd be a bad name. Uh, It'll come. I'll have to, to look us. at my birthday post from like five years ago and <laughs> see what because I, I know we posted a, fa- a group picture there. But I had my birthday party there. We did a Cinco de Mayo there where they brought around free tequila shots for everybody. Oh, so that's good. how you do Cinco de Mayo. Like you bring <laughs> you bring shots for everybody. Yes, obviously you get. It sounds like food is really important to our travel. <laughs> it is important. It is like because we love we people are amazed at like the fact that we make a lot of food at home. True, um, and it's not just like chicken on the grill. Like you do more of the the actual meal making when it's a unique thing. You make any food, yeah. you do 
beef stroganoff, you do schnitzel. Like we make these unique things that because we love all these flavors and we can't travel all these places all the time. So yep, make them. Might as well put them in my kitchen. Yeah, and you do a hell of a job at it. Which that last that sauce last week was killer. So he 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 made his own uh, pizza sauce. Oh, that one too. Oh, what are you talking about? The marinara. Yeah, that was also good. And the and the meatballs. Yeah. 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 Yep, I, I, I'm on a kick of trying to perfect my tomato-based sauces, so a pizza sauce or, or whatever. And I'm um, 100% in favor of this activity. And it is so good. <laughs> like, they have, I've found some ones, and I'm starting to change them myself, and they're getting to be really, really yummy. So, so anyway. our ask of you all to, uh, for this episode um, is to comment back or send us a direct message on Instagram or on Twitter um, your favorite places to travel, where you've lived that is awesome, your favorite places, and um, maybe we'll talk about you in two weeks. Yeah, I'm, or, you know, if you've, if, especially if you send us places to go, um, we'll probably just share that on Instagram. So, yeah. like, hey, you know, thank you. Like, we love this. Yes. This is totally our totally type of place. We'll look them up. And, yep. Um, and we'll also share some of our favorite New York pictures as we've been there. We'll do that um, soon after you hear this, uh, just as in honor of 9-11 and our experience there. And so you guys can kind of see what it's like to actually live in New York City. But um, thanks, so guys, thanks, guys, so much for listening this week. And we will talk to you in a couple more. podcast was mixed and produced by Sprout Media, a digital media firm in Des Moines, Iowa, who believes in doing things differently. They believe in putting consumers and clients first, being a partner in marketing, and inspiring your tomorrow. They build websites, create digital media strategies, shoot and produce videos, and edit and produce podcasts just like this one. Check out Sprout Media at gosproutmedia.com where you can subscribe to their podcast, The Buzz Addiction, or even request a free consultation. That's GhostBroughtMedia.com.